whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to Mojo Sports, the NRL show Episode 16. My name is Dan Frost, and as always, I'm joined by the best panel in the business. Uh, tonight, we've got Tasha, we've got Stacy, and we've got our special guest. We've got Alex, who joins us uh, for another NRL episode, doing some amazing things with our NFL show. For our NFL lovers, um, please jump over and listen to that show um, as the season kicks off there. But guys, we're here to talk about, well, what a remarkable start to the NRL final series. Let's kick it off with... Uh, let's kick it off with players that may have surprised us in that first week. Stacey, going to start with you. Yeah, look, I really like Matt Ikevalu from the Roosters. He's a little bit of a mixed bag uh, when it comes to his defensive decisions, but what I like about him is he's he can come up pretty clutch, um, but you know we've spoken before that he'll often make a defensive error and let in a try and then score two himself. So if you consider him coming up with an average of one, um, I still like how he plays. So I think he's going to be good for the Roosters coming up to the next game. Yeah, that's right. And, I mean, the Roosters are pretty lucky to have a player like that as a, as a depth player. So, no, exactly right. He uh, he definitely does some damage there on the edge. Uh, Alex, what about you? For me, it's got to be Sam Walker. I mean, to have a player sitting on the bench and then for them to go, okay, go, like, go kick for the game, go go do your job technically, I guess. You know, anyone could kind of crumble under that. And he kind of stepped up and was able to do it. So I was really impressed with Sam Walker. Yeah, it's very rare for players. You know, most players need to warm into the game, but you're right. Hey, mate, just just jump in off the bench, uh, 19 years of age, and, and just win us a finals game. It's, uh, yeah, it, that, that kid is a killer, absolute killer. Tash? I've got to go with Blake Tafe, you know, the fullback for the Rabbitohs. Just the very... The, the pressure of having to try and fill Latrell's shoes at fullback and then coming in at finals and having to do that. And that first bomb, oh, I felt for him. He, he dropped that first bomb and I thought, well, that's it. You know, this inexperienced kid, this is really going to affect him. But no way. He dusted himself off and he went on, took, took several other bombs and had a great game. Yeah, absolutely. And I think... There's so much to Blake, you know. I, I think the whole rugby league world is still confused as to why Adam Reynolds is not going to be a South Sydney Rabbitoh next year, but maybe we got a little bit of an insight as to why that may be the case. You know, there's some big raps on this player, and I guess we've seen why. You know, you, you throw a halves player into fullback in a finals game under all that pressure, and he really built himself into that game. I thought, um, you know, the way in which he attacked, I, I thought he had, a, he had an unbelievable game, and that's... You know, that's something that he can remember for a very long time. Uh, look, for me, a play that surprised me was, look, I, I put out the challenge last week. I said, you know, if South Sydney were any chance, they really had to come out and dominate as a forward pack. And I thought they did that. Uh, I thought they did that in a big way. And whilst it was hard to pick out one particular player, I was really impressed with Tavita Totola. You know, he didn't play a lot of minutes, I think about 35 minutes, but he still ran for, you know, over 144 metres, four tackle breaks. That's what we're talking about. And that's what wins you finals games. So, no, look, there was some uh, really impressive performances in week one and really excited to talk about what's ahead in week two. All right, guys, well, let's jump into our first segment now, the breakdown. And as always, each week we pick out two particular games uh, to deep dive into to feature. And this week we have some unbelievable clashes as 
teams fight for their lives, fight for their season uh, coming into week two of the finals. It's do or die. One game. Got hit in the mouth and acted like somebody took our lunch money. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Um, not everything went to, went to plan at all. Uh, and they run through our ass like sh- through a tin horn, man, and we could not stop them. <laughs> <laughs> and Stacey, I, I guess that's what we were kind of expecting from Tom Trevojevic uh, last week against the Melbourne Storm, but myself... And I, I guess you'd be feeling the same as would everyone else who was watching that game. Really, I guess, surprised, you know, that Tom probably left, you know, one of his worst performances for, for one of the most important games of the season. Yeah, look, I thought Manly were, like, out of sorts completely. And, um, you know, the fact that they didn't start well, the fact that the forwards just weren't being competitive enough for Travoyevich to get open into space, it was just so disappointing to, I mean, it was disappointing, disappointing as a fan to not see Travoyevich do something amazing. And I think that, that that was the worst part about it. Yeah, and I, I guess, Tasha, you know, you can't, unfortunately in rugby league, you can't pick and choose when you're going to have these the, these highs and lows. That that's, that's what makes our sport great. But one of the things that made Tom's job really, really challenging and I guess shown you know, some of the vulnerabilities of, of his position at fullback is if you lose the middle, if you get dominated like, like Manly did, it makes it very, very hard for Tom to, to do his thing. You know, that was probably one of my key takeaways is, you know, the Manly forwards really struggled uh, last week against the Storm. Yeah, they did. The forwards did really struggle. And so we always talk about it's hard for these great playmakers and strike play, players to, to play their game off the back foot. And as you said, Dan, you know, the forward pack did not win that middle third. And so, therefore, you know, Turbo's back there, a brilliant player, but he really can't show that because he's, he's on the back foot again. You need your forwards to go forward so that you can be on the, on the front foot. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Alex, one of, the cl- one of the matchups that I'm most excited about this week is Tom Travoyevic versus James Tedesco. I mean, you know, we, and, we, and I think we've spoken about this previously, is Roosters fans have suffered, the club has suffered injuries. This has been the season from hell. And yet they're coming up against Tom Travoyevic, who, you know, he, he is going to be firing for this one after what was, I guess, a bit of a humiliating performance based on his standards. You know, this is going to be some clash as he comes up against James Tedesco. 100%. And as you said, it was a little bit of an embarrassing performance, I think, for him. But he was still kind of a standout player, which... Uh, which is hard to believe, right? When you kind of have a poor for, poor performance as a player and then you go, hey, but I was still one of the better players. You know, I, it's, it's as a fan, you kind of watch that and go, okay, cool. Now when your gun's blazing at 110%, what is that going to look like? Because it could be phenomenal. And Stacey, if we look at James Tedesco now, I'm sure he's, you know, too much of a nice guy for this. You know, him and Tom Travoyevic, they're, they're obviously friends. You know, they play rep football together. But I'd like to believe that James will take this clash personally because all season, all we've heard about is Tom Travoyevic, how great he is. You know, at the end of the day, Tom is going for, he's coming for James Tedesco's title as the game's best fullback. Surely this is the game that James has circled and said, you know, this is my opportunity to show the world that I'm still the best. I'm still the best player. And, you know, he's going to take this game personally. For sure. I mean, and especially in that that number one position, you know, and it's you're always coming second fiddle. Um, you know, Tedesco's going to be sitting there and it's going to be on like Donkey Kong. 
I think, to prove the number one status. Yeah, Stace, I, I could not agree more with you. Like, Tedesco, he is the focal point of the Roosters' attack. He's such a dangerous runner, and if the defence target him, he can ball play and, and create gaps for the others. Or if the defence rush up on him, he can tap back on the pass, uh, you know, better than anyone else, and we saw that in week one. I think one of the things that Manly will look to address, Alex, is... Uh, their start, I, I thought that was probably one of the more confusing things is that, you know, they were ambushed last week. So, you know, te, uh, you know, Des Hasler, you know, he's one of the game's best coaches. That's something that he'll be focusing in on this week is, you know, that this team's going to have to come out strong and they're going to have to come out fast against the Roosters. For sure. I think when you look at kind of finals footy, final sport in general, when you start on the back foot like Manly kind of did, it kind of sets that tone. And I think... That's a tough one when, you know, the other, the other opposition's coming in quick and fast, especially when you've got younger players on that squad who probably haven't been in that experience before. And, and that's a new experience for them. I think that was a tough one for Manly as well. So they kind of had to find their groove in the game, if you will, because they started off a little lackluster. But I think that comes with inexperience and those older players just have to lead those players, those younger players through and go, hey, it's all good. Just step it up and play from here. And Tasha, this is this is probably why a lot of the coaches try and protect protect some of the younger players from themselves because they have these great seasons, they're flashy, they're exciting, the media gets behind them. But to Alex's point, you come into the, these big games in the finals, and there were a few youngsters last week in that Manly side that you know that, that the game sped up. You know that they look to sort of be struggling. I mean, this is it, it, it's another step up, I guess, you know, as we as we move forward into these finals football. And that's a lesson that, you know, some of these younger players are learning. Yeah, Dan, it, it sure is. Like, you cannot be 16 to nil down after the first 15 minutes of footy as they were um, this weekend. And we talked about the forward pack as well. And th- they were going too sideways. They've got to play more direct. And that... That then, I think, will, you know, bring the younger players better into the game and they, that, that, they'll spark early is what, the, what they can do. Stacey, one of the things that we've spoken a lot about is, you know, how, how costly some of these errors are in finals football. I mean, look, you know, there, there are a lot of mistakes that are made in, you know, it's rugby league, you know, there's going to be errors and that happens week in, week out during the regular season. There's penalties that are given, but it just means more in finals football. This this. Now, if you make a mistake in finals football, that's going to cost you points and it could cost you your season. For sure. And, you know, your best day in regular season could be your worst day in finals footy, for sure. But, you know, what I think what the Roosters will need to do to be able to get the edge up on Manly is start to strategically target a couple of players. And like we were talking about before, do they focus on those ones without the experience or do they focus on specific players and send the whole team at them? Like, I just, I'm curious to see the kind of strategies that uh, the Roosters come up with to kind of get on top of Manly early. Yeah. And Alex, let's quickly touch on strategy because what's really interesting about rugby league, especially when you're such a decorated coach like Trent Robinson is he would have been watching that game very, very closely last week. And one of the things that was apparent to everyone was the edge defense for Manly was, look, it, it was it was torn to pieces. You know, this is something that Trent Robinson, he's going to be watching very, very closely. And, you know, this is something that's going to be exciting for Sam Walker coming into this game and something that he can potentially expose uh, coming into such an important clash. 
Definitely. I think one area that the Roosters are going to look to is, is look on that edge um, and attack them that way. As you said, their edge defense was shocking last game for Manly. So I think from a coaching staff, you're looking at where your vulnerabilities are. I, I got to go with Stacy on this one. As she mentioned earlier, kind of targeting those younger players might be to some benefit as well, just because they're still not used to that finals footy. But I think, you know, with the Roosters having just as probably just as many youngsters, if not more, that could potentially backfire. But it, and I, the tactic is going to be interesting, but I definitely think that that edge attack is going to be where the Roosters might need to, you know, look to take their game. Yeah, look, I, I agree with that, that first point you made, Alex. Um, that that right edge is very, very vulnerable. And I know we shouldn't say that, you know, because both edges weren't great. But remember, right back at the start, it was that right edge where they let 40 points in way back in, what was that, week one. Yeah, absolutely. No, And, and th- these are the things that, you know, the, the opposing uh, coach is certainly not going to miss. And, and, yeah, something that Trent Robinson, I'm sure, is watching uh, very, very closely. So speaking of Sam Walker, what are they going to do with him coming into this week? I mean, this has been really, really interesting. You know, you've got a you've got a really young player who you possibly didn't want to play as much as they have this season because of injuries. He picks up a pretty serious shoulder injury that they've had to nurse him through, and they found a real stable connection there and, 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 a, and a combination with Lachlan Lamb and Drew Hutchinson. You know, obviously Sam came off the bench really late last week, but around the grounds, what would you do with Sam Walker coming into such an important uh, finals game? Alex, going to start with you. I think after his performance, the coaching staff has gone, okay, you can come off the bench and produce. So he's a player that we've now seen as Roosters fans, as footy fans, that he doesn't need a lot of time to build in. Now, if he took his time, then yeah, I'd be going, okay, start him a little bit earlier. Um, give him a little more time. I wouldn't be starting him just based on the shoulder injury, especially the way if Manly come out guns blazing, the last thing you want to do is damage that any further. Um, I'd probably give him a couple minutes longer on the field, but I definitely think that he is a player that can come off the bench and make a difference. Yeah, look, I agree with you, Alex. I think um, he's got to get some more minutes. But what we've seen uh, with these impact players that come off the bench, if you if – you, Put him on maybe 15 minutes before the end of the first half, like when the sting is taken out of their forwards pack and and whatnot. I think he can really do some damage. So that's where I'd be using him. I agree with what you guys are saying. I think protect the shoulder um, very, very early on. You, you, don't want to, you don't want those fresh forwards uh, sort of, you know, sort of knocking, knocking him out of the game. But at the end of the day, this is it. Uh, you know, for me personally, I think this is as far as the Roosters go. So you want to get as much value out of Sam Walker as you possibly can. And look, I think the Roosters, their hand may be forced here to play Sam more minutes because there's some things happening in around suspensions with Sam, Beryls and a few other things. So they may have to do a little bit of reshuffling. But um, yeah, for me, I, I think Sam, I think the point is, yeah, potentially may not start him, but I think, I think he's going to play a lot more minutes than what he did in week one. That's for sure. All right, guys, well, look, it's time to pick this one. Um, and I think, you know, for me, as I just spoke about, I, I've got uh, I've got Manly uh, winning this one. I think Tom Travojevic, he is going to be one ang- angry individual, and I think he's going to put on a show. Uh, let's go around the grounds. Alex, we're going to start with you. You're a little bit biased with your roosters, but how are you feeling coming into this one? Um, I don't know. I'm at a deadlock. I really don't know. I don't know. I think it's going to be a great footy game. 
God, I hope it's a good footy game. Otherwise, that's just depressing as a Roosters fan. Um, but, you know, based on errors and I think just kind of who's going to get tired first, I think the Roosters are going to get tired first. And I think errors kind of – they scraped by last game. And errors, I think, are going to cost them, especially with, with the young guns on their team. So I see Manly edging it out. Um, I know they're your team, Alex, but – you know, for a few weeks now, we, we've been waiting, or actually most of the season we've going. when are the Roosters going to fall over? When are they going to fall over? And they made it to the finals. Um, but I think, yeah, this week they're going to fall over. I think Turbo, I think the Manly Pack are going to go more direct. They're not going to go sideways. Um, and Turbo's going to come through an attack. And, um, yeah, I just can't see uh, the Sea Eagles not taking this one out. Crazy things have happened in finals football, but I think it'll be close. But I really want to say that Roosters come out of this. I'm just going to say we can have a little twenty dollar bet on that one, Stace. Yeah, you up for it? Yeah, I'm up. We're keen. Let's get it. I love the energy. I love it. All right, guys. Well, let's carry that through to the next feature game uh, here on the breakdown, and that is a surprise team uh, who probably didn't expect to find themselves in this side of the bracket. Uh, is the Penrith Panthers coming up against the Parramatta Eels in? what will be one of the most historic Battle of the West games uh, we've seen in recent times. Uh, Alex, we'll start with you. Got to be surprised with Penrith uh, finding themselves in this game. 100%. I, I think it just shows that, you know, they're beatable, right? I think there's kind of a little bit when they kind of watch them play, it's like, are they beatable? Can people actually do it? And we've seen in the regular season they've lost, obviously. But I think coming into finals, everyone kind of thought they were going to be tip-top form, everyone was going to be good, and the Rabbitohs kind of came out and shocked them and, and, and took a little bit – took a little, like, life out of the Panthers, which for – as a fan of footy, you kind of thought that couldn't happen. And Cleary back and all of them. So to see that kind of life got a little bit in the Panthers was, was definitely a shocker. Yeah, i got to agree with you, Alex. The Panthers did not execute the way that they had done all season. I think um, – the Rabbitohs came out and whereas we're used to their their flair left, right and centre, they they really defended the the Panthers and that really rattled them. I think we'll see a different Panther side um, week two of the finals, of course. But, um, yeah, uh, full credit to the Rabbitohs. They really rattled them. Stacey, I think, um, I, I think what was really strange in this one was some of the tactics from the Panthers because – you know, to, to Alex and Tasha's point, they, they tried to play around South Sydney, you know, without first doing the hard work in the middle. You know, they lost the middle. I, I think that's something that they're going to be you know, pretty embarrassed about, to be honest, in such a big game. But it was just strange because, you know, they tried to play their way around South Sydney. South Sydney slid, you know, a, a lot of, and, you know, ma- managed, you know, everything that was thrown their way. They managed it with ease. Just very strange um, strategy going into that game. Yeah, for sure. And you could really see the strategic element of it. And Cleary's mind, I you can just see it starting to tick over. So, you know, one of the strategies that they used was trying to pick on little fullback Tauf, right? And, you know, one drop ball, he came back. And I feel like the team really rallied around him. They were like, let's get behind this because you've got an impossible role to fill. Let's just, let's just do it and support you. So, I mean, it's going to be a really exciting game for sure. I mean, but Luai also didn't play as well as he probably should have been. And, and we've said this for weeks now that he just hasn't been up to form. And I really think that that um, 
has hindered the Panthers in the last couple of weeks, especially now with finals, because you expect Luai to step up and be that dominating force that he was in origin. But he was just like a little puppy last night, and it was a little bit sad to watch. Yeah, I agree. It was a weird Panther side to see. I mean, as Dan said, they tried to get him on the outside instead of just kind of like running them up the middle. And they've got the guys to do that. They've got that 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 forward pack to kind of run them up, tire the other opposition down, and then look to play it out on the wing and out wide. And that's a strong suit of theirs. So I, I was confused as to why they wanted to avoid something that was an area, area of strength for them. Yeah, and let's not forget the, the crucial errors that they made at crucial times. That is not normal Panthers footy, and I don't think we'll see that again. But, yeah, that really cost them. Yeah, absolutely. No, it was very uncharacteristic from Penrith. And I think the other thing that caught my eye too, and a lot of teams, you know, a lot of teams have a preference in terms of how they score their points. But, you know, one of the things that I think is a little bit concerning for Penrith fans is, you know, this was a team that could score anywhere on the football field. They could score 40 to 50 points. But yet, you know, watching that game, it just appeared like all of their points appears to be coming off Nathan Cleary's kicking game. So, yes, they were bombing the fullback. Yes, he was kicking it to the wingers. He put that banana kick through the in goal. But, you know, the Panthers need to go back and, and have a look at some of their attacking structures that were so successful earlier on in the season because at the moment they're pretty predictable. You know, you if you're able to shut down... Or, or, or defend Nathan Cleary's kick on fifth tackle, you know, you can you can shut down Penrith at the moment. A hundred percent. And I think that was kind of a strategy for the Rabbitohs coming in. They're like, we're going to make sure that we shut down a strength of theirs. And that is Cleary's ability to kick the ball. And and it's, it's good. And we all know that. But I think when you rely on it as much as they have, and he's kind of that player that everyone kind of looks to, when that's not working, you then have to go, okay, well, who's going to step up now? And Jerome Luai, I think, coming into this next game, he needs to step up, right? Because I think people are going to look at that game and go, oh, if we just, you know, look at Nathan Cleary and attack him and attack his kicks, we'll be fine. They won't be able to score. So I think the Panthers are going to need to find a way to have other players elevate when that part of the game isn't working. For sure. And I think, uh, you know, having Crichton move back into the centres is going to be a great thing for them. I mean, he, he plays okay at fullback for sure, but he's much better at centre. And I think losing that strike weapon on that edge, um, I think, uh, did the Panthers a disservice. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys. Well, let's have a look at their, the, the team they're coming up against in the Parramatta Reels, who, you know, they, they kept it tight. They kept it exciting against uh, my Newcastle Knights. I'm still recovering from that loss, to be honest. But... This is going to be a, this is going to be a big clash, but I think one of the things that we've spoken about is that this is going to be a clash of the middles. You know, you know, for Parramatta, you know, you look at Junior Paulo and Regan Campbell Gillard. You know, the way in which that he's come back from injury, the impact that he had in that first semi final. Alex, this is going to be something to watch, isn't it? As as the the two forward packs come together, a hundred percent. And I I agree with you when you say it's going to be that forwards pack. And I think what the Eels have on their side, the Panthers don't. The Eels have nothing to lose. They can put everything out on that field, which means their forwards can go out guns blazing. They can carry the ball and hit that line. They can make those big hits because I think the Eels are kind of like, people told us we shouldn't be here, right? Based on the kind of last couple weeks out of the season. Now they're in finals footy. They had a great comeback against the Knights. Sorry, Dan. But, you know, they have nothing to lose. And I think sometimes... When you're watching finals footy or final sport in general, that's the team that you got to be afraid of. 
And Tasha, it's, you know, coming into these finals games, it's important to try and get a bit of a read on the mentality of the teams, you know, confidence levels and things like that. This is a really interesting one, isn't it? Because Penrith's ego took a bit of a hit last week, you know, obviously losing to the Rabbitohs and Parramatta, we just can't get a read on them week in, week out. Are they confident? Are they not? Do they, you know, how are they feeling coming into this one? So I'll ask you, who's the more confident team coming into this clash? Well, by all means, it should be the Penrith. And, you know, a week ago we would have definitely said Penrith, but we saw a rattled Penrith um, just this week. And Parramatta, well, they really stepped up and, and they're looking great. Uh, we'll talk about Moses a little bit later on, but he's really stepped up to finals footy and it looks like everybody's followed um, his lead. So in answer to your question, Dan, I think Parramatta, you know, I agree with Alex. They've got nothing to lose and they're going in with confidence. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, th- I think there's some nerves out in Penrith. And, Stacey, let's talk a little bit about Mitchell Moses. I mean, you know, uh, he, he's had a – I guess he's had so much pressure on him from the media uh, his entire career. But you think about all the games that he's played so far in his career, all that experience, you know, obviously stepping into State of Origin and, and getting that experience as well. I, I think we, we, we've, we've seen that it's had an impact, you know, and Mitchell – he seems to just have a little bit more of an edge in his game. Uh, he, he seems to be playing with a little bit more of a maturity and he really takes control of their team on that fifth tackle. For sure. And I was just about to say that, you know, he's, he's grown up so much, um, you know, from his early days where he was just, you know, that kid that was just causing all the trouble, you know, there were, he was always in the news to now this guy who steps up, this young man who steps up in the state of origin, breaks his back, comes and leads his team through to the finals. Like, how can, you, how can you not have that kind of, you know, looking at Mitch Moses going, who are you and what's yet to come from you? Um, I really loved watching him play. Yeah, and I think one of the things that's not getting spoken about enough is the fact that, you know, the game has been shifted to Queensland. And, and whilst we do get the occasional, you know, finals game, you know, up there in Queensland, it is hot at the moment. And you can see that, you know, basically all the teams, all the players, they're getting gassed at the back end of half. So, this just goes back to, I guess, some of the purity of rugby league where, you know, some of our smaller players, they get picked on at the start of games when these forwards are fresh running over the top of them. But if you can just hang in there and get to the back end of those halves and the back end of those second halves like Mitchell Moses, that's when you can do your most damage. And I think, Tasha, to your point, the fact that he's just got so much confidence in his running game at the back end, you know, he could you know, he could win another finals game just just off that. Yeah, and he's really coming in uh, very, very confident. If you speak to any sort of halfback or 5'8", I think, well, what really helped me in my game was getting hit early. Like, you know, if you're sort of standing off, standing off, get slammed by a forward. Then you know you're in the game and then you can just get up, shake your head and do do your job. Um, Let's do our predictions for this one. Uh, so let's go around the grounds. Uh, Alex, going to start with you? Maybe because they're going to have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder and, and they're going to want to prove that they're not the team that played against the Rabbitohs. I'm going to say the Panthers might edge them out on this one. I think, uh, I think the Panthers are going to shock everyone in this one and I, can, I think they're going to win this comprehensively. I've got Penrith winning 13+. plus. I think there's some vulnerabilities in, in Parramatta's game and I, you know, whilst they are, they are going to be up for this, I think, I think this is a... This is a, a this could be one of the most important games for the Penrith Panthers franchise in a very long time. Obviously, the disappointment of what happened to them last year in the grand final, they're still stinging from. 
And if they lose this game, I mean, what does that what does that mean for them next year? You know, all of the teams are going to get better next year. You know, you've got Sydney Roosters who are going to be recharged. You know, Penrith Panthers, they may not get back here for, for a little bit of time. So for me, I think this is a critically important game. I think they'll know that, and I think Ivan will have them ready. So for me, I think Penrith win this game and win this one well. Uh, Tash? Oh, look, I have to agree, Dan. I mean, you brought up what happened in the grand final and then they have this incredibly great uh, season this season and then they lose in week one of the finals. That's got to rattle you. But I think we will see the bounce back bigger than ever from uh, the Penrith Panthers. I don't think you, they can lose two games in a row. No way, Jose. Stace? I'm going to I'm gonna flip you both. I'm getting the eels to come out on this one. I mean, it's just so rare to see a team that loses in the first week of the finals that have had such a strong season to come back and win the premiership. Like, I think that it does something to you emotionally. And I think that the eels just have that, it's that unknown, it's that momentum of, of being the underdog. And we believe so much in the underdog here at Mojo Sports that I, I have to, I have to back the underdog. All right, Stace. So now we're on. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not betting another 20 bucks. Oh, come on. Tasha was ready for that one. Let's jump into our final segment now, Rapid Fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is saying closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. This week on Rapid Fire, we're just going to quickly have a bit of a look at some of the impressive performances of the two teams that get, fortunately get the bye this week in the Melbourne Storm and the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Tash, obviously in rapid fire, we're going to speed through this, but, you know, let's start with the Melbourne Storm. You know, what was your key takeaway from their dominant performance in week one? Yeah, look, they are formidable. The Storm, I just can't see a team that can come through and actually beat them. Um, My mate Pappenhausen had a blinder again. So, yeah, I think the the week off will only suit them even better and... um, yeah, the storm to win. Yeah, and what about uh, what about your thoughts on South Sydney after their surprising upset? Absolutely unbelievable upset, and that uh, coach is a dead set magician. Like they came out and they played a total different game game plan to win that. So Wayne Bennett, hats off to you, and the Rabbitohs are well deserved break. Stacey, these these two teams, they're very impressive, but for different reasons. So starting with the Melbourne Storm, what was your key takeaway from their performance in week one? That Harry Grant is the difference maker for the Melbourne Storm. Uh, you know, we've spoken a lot. We, we love him. We love Harry Grant. And what he did on the weekend was, you know, he just he ended up drawing so many defenders onto him that he was creating that space and uh, just shooting out of dummy half, um, which is, you know, really where they were make so many yards on the attack that it's hard to – he's that momentum shifter, you know, which which you need in finals footy. If you ever need momentum, it's in finals footy. Um, yeah, but they're, they're going to be tough to beat at yeah. all ends of the park. Yeah, absolutely. And what about Wayne Bennett's man in the South Sydney Rabbitohs? That was some performance, huh? Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, the turnaround from having 50 points put on them early in this season, did we expect them to be here? Yes, kind of. Until they lost Latrell, and yet here they are backing it up again. They had a stellar performance, and you know it's a well-deserved break for them. Um, but I think Wayne Bennett 
has definitely got something up his sleeve. I just feel something happening. I uh, don't know what it is yet, but stay tuned. And Alex, you know, I, I think people are fatiguing a little bit with the Melbourne Storm. I mean, they do that every year, given how great they are. But we do have to take a step back and appreciate you know, just an amazing franchise, and they've done it again. You know, that was another, you know, a dominating performance. You know, a lot of people thought that Manly could upset Melbourne, uh, and a lot of people thought if they couldn't get the upset, it was going to be close. But, you know, they just blew them away in that in, in that first half. Yeah, they really did. And I think what's so strong about Melbourne is that they rarely let other teams control the game. You know, they start off on the front foot. They come in guns blazing. Their middles hit up hit those lines hard. So they're kind of always in control of the way the game's going to play out. And I think that's why they're so hard to beat. But I think also, and we've talked about in episodes before, is that they've got so many different players that will step up and play when they need to. So you can target one player, but then somebody else will come out of nowhere and you go, well, now I've got to focus on that guy. And now I've got to fo- and then a third player will come up. Now I've got to focus on this guy. So they've got like a squad of players who will just step up. I think maybe the issue they may have is the pressure of going back to back. South Sydney Rabbitohs, you know, that there wasn't many people that were expecting them to, you know, get the job done. But you know, again, you know, towards the back end of that game, they they were they were confident that they, they won that game. You know, whilst it was only six points, it was kind of comprehensive. Yeah, and I think Stacey's mentioned it before, and she loves to say this. So this is a quote that I will always take from Stacey. But defense wins championships. And defense, the way that the Rabbitohs played their last game, it was phenomenal to watch. Um, It was just – it was a different defensive team. They didn't get walked over. They stood their ground. They made the tackles when they needed to. And I think that's the difference between the Rabbitohs we saw in the regular season and the Rabbitohs we've seen in the finals, right? Rabbitohs have seen in the earlier season, they've got finesse, they've got that fun kind of ability to play footy, and we love that. But they were struggling defensively. They had gaps and they had issues. But I think now, and this is the right time to sort out your defensive, you know, structure and, and all that. So I think, you know, that was, a, that was good to see the Rabbitohs kind of step it up there as far as their defense goes. Yeah, looking for me, if I, if I look at the Melbourne Storm, the most impressive thing about them, and, and this is going to terrify other teams in the competition, they are nowhere near their best. They have not put it all together, and that's what's most terrifying about the Melbourne Storm. And then in terms of the South Sydney Rabbitohs, I think it's something similar, but I think for them, they were able to get 17 players to play at their best, you know, and, and that, at the end of the day, will win you finals games. You know, uh, you know, during the regular season, it's a little bit different. You know, two, three, four players can kind of help carry you, but in finals football where there's just so much pressure, the game's faster, um, you know, you just need input from everyone. And I think that's what was most impressive about South Sydney Rabbitohs. All right, guys, well, look, that's all the time we have tonight. Just want to thank my amazing panel for bringing the heat. We are all very, very excited as we step our way through the final series. And to our listeners, if you did enjoy tonight's episode, please download the podcast and please share our show with your friends, with your family, and find us on social media. We're available on all platforms. And until next week, we'll see you then. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret.
This is Mojo Sports.